Into the Apex podcast is going on the road. Giving you the energy of motorsport from the source. We'll be trackside for the GT World Challenge, IMSA, and the NTT IndyCar Series. At Mid-Ohio, VIR, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Petit Le Mans, and the historic 60th running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Pit now, pit now. Visit IntoTheApex.com for the latest dates and locations. The world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex podcast. Into the Apex podcast, coming to you on location from Road Atlanta for the Motul Petit Le Mans. I'm not very sad. And it's Into the Apex on the road, coming to you at Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. We are on the paddock right now. It's uh, noisy. The recon lap is about to start on a crisp, sunny day. Not a cloud in the sky here in Atlanta, Georgia, Brazelton, Georgia, actually, Bradley. Uh, it's Tyler and Bradley, friend of the Apex. Rob Gregoris to our left, Cody Richardson's here. Sam Kenyon is manning the microphone from powerheadset.com. We have a full crew and a full house here at Road Atlanta. And uh, Bradley, what do you, what's your uh, take on this? We're, sit, we're standing at the pit entrance right at the Michelin Tower. So I think the, the, the thing that shocks me the most when, I, when we come in here and we, we drove in, so we got infield parking uh, to have, have somewhere to be and have a base operations. And uh, it's the elevation change. The yeah, amount of elevation coming in this place. It's, it is dramatic yeah, it's elevation. To see it outside of iRacing, I mean, it, it is, it's substantial, the amount of, of uh, drop there is down the hill. Yeah, we're standing uh, where we have a good view of turn 12 at Pit Inn. And, uh, I mean, that, it's a massive hill. We hiked down it to get down to the paddock. Uh, but seeing the hill in person, when it comes to uh, sim racing and iRacing and people that only know it from that, I mean, we said it in the pre-show. We said it in last week's show. Uh, it is. It's. You don't get that sense of the elevation. Not at all. Until you're on Not the ground. All. No, you don't. I mean, you can get it in VR slightly more than on a on a screen, uh, but you just don't feel it. I mean, you just look up at the hills, and I mean, it's it's unreal the amount of banking. So we've got something special going by right now. The BMW M4 is on the track right now. So you have the M6, the M8, and the new BMW M4 just went by in a parade lap. Uh, they're doing photos now. The Porsche's GT Le Mans just did a dual photo op. Uh, so they're, they're going slowly side by side in an SUV with a cameraman out the back. 
is taking video and picture. It's now the BMWs out there, and the M4, we just got to see it for the first time. Yeah, it's like a send-off uh, for the GT Le Mans class, and uh, welcome to the town for the new <laughs> BMW. Right. It's the new it kid is. on the block. It's, it's two BMWs that are no longer going to be on the track after today, yeah. uh, other than maybe racingjunk.com one of these days. <laughs> in, but, in 30 uh, years, yeah. 40 years. Um, or sold to somebody. Somebody's going to buy those things. But oh, they'll the be in, M4s they'll where be in somebody's garage. Yeah, the M4 is where it's at. Uh, so I want to bring in Rob Gregoire, who flew down here from Canada, and everybody from the pre-show knows what's up. And uh, Rob, I just want to get your uh, emotions right now on a crisp, cool morning in Rhode Island. Well, Atlanta. the blood's flowing to all the right areas, so that's that's the biggest thing. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of blown <laughs> away, to be honest. Like, just so many cars and people. Like, I feel like I'm finally with my people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're up on the island. You're, you don't have these people up there yeah exactly they just don't exist i am a man on an island for sure i'm an island on an island <laughs> you are an island. yeah you're, you're a very lonely man so that's what we're trying to say here. yeah pretty very much lonely man. Uh, we're glad you're here with us uh so Amer yeah. you're welcome to back to america yeah i'm gonna write a movie about this <laughs> uh you're so we did some go-kart racing last night at the andretti karting shop uh you got on the podium. Yeah, you were just a little faster than me. Yeah, <laughs> was really what it was. Just pure domination. You know, the car was good. Had a great setup. You know, and yeah, a great setup. <laughs> great team around me. <laughs> good, a good. Uh, very, yeah, it was, it was fun. I oh, overtook you though. I did overtake you, you one time. You didn't overtake me, but we're not going to hash that out here. <laughs> we're just not. But That's you not were faster happened. than me. But I, I stalled out in my car. Oh, here come the BMWs, Rob. All right, coming oh, through pit in. Here comes the BMW M4, the M8. Or the M6 and then the M8. For BMW fans, and Rob, I, I would count you as a BMW fan. Oh, this is pretty, you can. pretty special to see. There goes the GT. We're seeing this. Look, for the first time, for the last time, for the last time. Last time, like, exactly. It's just it's this weird dichotomy, So right? the BMW M4 even has the GTD Pro sticker on the side. Oh, yeah. Like, this is what we're going to see at Daytona in just a few months. Oh, yeah. It's it's real now. And it, this there was a lot of work being done on this. We walked down to the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan. Uh, paddock and the M4 was parked out front. I don't think we even looked at the M8s. And no. usually Bradley's drooling over the M8s. Yeah, I took like a picture, but then we all just kind of sat there and drooled over the M4 yeah. for a while, and rightfully so. Yeah, that. I mean, it does look good in person. I like the yellow GTD headlights. Yeah. I mean, from a pure aesthetic sense, it's a nice looking car. Yeah, and you no one's going to be shit talking that grill now because once you see it in yeah. person, it just grows on you. I was one of those people. It's <laughs> like that's a Dodge fucking Charger. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Dodge Charger. It is a BMW, folks, and. uh it's beautiful. It's got a matte livery on it. Uh, it's nice and smooth. Here comes the Mustang sampling DPI right by us. You can probably pick up some sounds. They're about to do the recon lap again. And uh, we're right where all of the cars will come by, taking a view of everything, getting Rob a nice taste of everything. What do you think of the different car classes out here? It's I don't know how they're all they do it all in this track. Like I can see like multi-class racing with five different classes on a lot of tracks, but this one, yeah, this is pretty wild. Man. You got to have some titanium in the sack for that. <laughs> it, I mean, this is terrifying. Gee, I'm, I mean, I just want to do a hot lap around here. Oh, I know, right? Just to see just what, to be like a passenger. I don't need to drive. Just to see what it would well, like even, to that feel the turns around here. Being a passenger, I would probably need a diaper. Yeah, I was taking the ambient, comfortably numb. <laughs> ambient. There we go. <laughs> Uh, we're standing right next to the Inception Racing McLaren, which is Bradley's pick. By the time this airs, uh, you will know who won and who was right and who was wrong, but uh, they're not looking great, the McLarens. Uh, you think you're wrong, Bradley? Yeah, I'm probably wrong. Based on, based on, based on what I saw uh, in qualifying. Probably. Yeah, you probably are wrong. 
Whereas now again, everyone listening to this knows has the has the luxury of knowing what happened. But as we stand here on the ground before the grid, um, I'm feeling good about my picks. We have the whaling Cadillac looking good. The uh, Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini looking good. I feel like breakfast is going to be on you guys. You think tomorrow? I do think so. Uh, so we'll update that. We'll, we'll update everybody. Really, on what see these happens. LMP3s go. Now the P3s, yeah, they're they have like a deep roar. Well, too. they don't have much not much pace with GPT with the P3s and the no, GTLM. So that's right. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious to see what that's like on a track like this where it's so yeah. small and you got all that traffic. Like, and apparently they're a pretty affordable. Car, car to field. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken, I could. Somebody can correct me on that. But I feel like more people are. Maybe that's like the death of the GT Le Mans class. Is more well, people. Yeah, that's why GTDs become yeah, so big. Right? They're more pro, obviously more P2s and P3s than GT Le Mans. It's, I guess, more affordable to field. Oh yeah. Them. Uh, it, it all comes down to the affordability, yeah. the support from the manufacturer, I guess. And uh, is a lot. You're going to see a lot of prototypes. It's going to be interesting on the grid. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking back to Watkins Glen, where it's. DPI storming past, and that's your first wave. Then you have the prototype P2s, P3s. It's your second wave. Then the GT Le Mans are mixing right in with that. Here comes oh, the fast Here comes Porsche. the fast motorsports. Here we go. That beautiful plaid Porsche. The motor representing the nice Canadian livery. That's with right. The flannel. I do like the the nice Canadian boy driving it. Oh, I like that livery on that too. It's uh, there's Wright Motorsports Porsche going by us. That was Jan my first Highland. Day. Here comes a Corvette, folks. The last time as a GT Le Mans class, the Corvette. Great googly moogly. Coming through. Now, Rob, I think that's your first view of the Corvette. Yeah, I think it is. Those things are strong, but I think Porsche has a strong uh, sound doesn't effort. sound yeah. doesn't do it for me like the other ones though. No, the, the, the Porsche is the sound. loud one. Has the, the look, but not the sound. Yeah, the Porsche is the Porsche is uh, is the loud one. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, here comes the second Corvette. That's going to be the Tommy Milner number four, silver gray, whatever it might be, Corvette. As the hot or the uh, warm-up laps will be beginning shortly here, and we're just going to soak it in here at the track. So, uh, so Bradley, what's your take on uh, Road Atlanta overall as we stand here? Uh, I mean, we've not seen it. Yeah, we've seen a small. We've seen a small part of it. I mean, a very small sliver. Uh, we just walked straight from parking uh, to the paddock, but I mean, as a track and as a facility, it's it's impressive. Um, it's obviously different than VIR, uh, different than Mid Ohio, so in that it's in it's in a more populated area. Yeah, um, it's just it, it's unlike anything else. I mean, it, it. I said it before. I don't know if, if it was on the podcast, but I feel like uh, I feel like it's like the spa of North America. Yeah, would you say this is that, the that spa would be my of North America? Of is that or is this the, I mean, obviously it's Petit Le Mans, it's not Petit Le Spa. Yeah, it's it's Petit Le Mans, but I guess, like, Le Mans doesn't really have the elevation yeah, like this, this except is, for, like, that first section out of the Dunlop curves, but, or Dunlop chicane, so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this, it makes me think more of Spa when you look at the hills like this. Because you, you imagine, if this is what this hill looks like, turn 12 in Road Atlanta, imagine what a Rouge ready ready on imagine what they look like in person yeah. at spot would yeah, you that's true would, that's a really good point like you can't no sim or anything else you do pictures are ever going to give you the sense of scale that you get when you look at the elevation and the track around you so oh yeah yeah i mean yeah, we're standing right. we're standing at the downhill near uh the start finish line of pit road entrance and i mean like you said i would be terrified just to take my street car down that at regular speeds <laughs> I yeah know. i don't know if i could hold it yeah, hopefully you heard Rob there. There's an LMP3 part was parked right next to us there a bit. Yeah. Uh, but we're right in a prime can. spot 
to uh, to take these cars. Should we take in. a walk, or you want to stay? Now, if you want to take a walk, do you want to take a walk down towards uh, down further towards, or do we want to stick where we Auto are, fellas? Keep up, so yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're gonna stay posted up here then, I think, and just take what's coming. And they're pushing everyone out of the way now, so so Let's more cars right are likely to come through. The DPIs, I'm waiting to see more DPIs. Uh, we're waiting for the Konica Minolta. We're waiting for the, well, the, basically both Acura uh, DPIs to come through. Yeah, the Meyer Shank has a come Yeah, out we did get a Cadillac come through just a moment ago here. And, uh, and then the Mazda DPI. It's the last run for the Mazda DPI. And uh, that's going to be quite interesting. There are a lot of signatures. Now, are we going to get a Mazda LMDH? Uh, has that been something As I stand here, I don't have the intelligence on that, but I feel like we can find out. Somebody that, knows the answer to that question. Imagine it's a popular that class. Yeah, is going to be popular. Imagine what it's going to be like with all the manufacturers and LMDH yeah. here. Well, here's here's the thing. Seeing I wonder. that roll out. Here's the thing I wonder. So so right this this race here is typically over the years, as I recall watching the Audi documentary for Le Mans with Alec McNish company. Uh, this traditionally was a proving ground for teams prepping for Le Mans, and they would come from Europe like the Audi teams, so they'd come to Sebring. Um, so with the the classes aligning in all classes, uh, not just with the hypercar or LMDH or what have you, uh, but the GTD, GT3 change uh, from, you know, losing GT Le Mans and GTE over the next four years. Uh, the European and the American sports car series. Well, there goes the Mazda right there. Thank you, Mazda fans. It Listen says on that. the side. Listen to that. He's got his pit limiter on. Yeah, that's cool. The winner of the Watkins so, yeah, they've, they've got a livery that says "Thank you, fans," right. and a bunch of signatures on it. Yeah, on the but, car. But uh, anyhow, with U.S. and European sports car racing aligning basically with specs, so to speak, uh, I could see. Could you see the entry list of this race growing in four years? With more European teams coming here to prep for Le Mans. Oh, definitely. I mean, with with that being a new piece of equipment, the LMDH and things of that nature, or the hypercar, I mean, you're, you're going to need all the experience, seat time you can get in testing time. And with uh, IMSA basically having this equivalent of the, Euro the European Le Mans series and WEC and all that, it's going to cross over a lot more. I mean, yeah, we have a crossover with GTE, but there's no LMP1, obviously, here, which there's no LMP1 right now in... Well, could you yeah. imagine seeing one of the new Peugeot, which we've seen the uh, launch video of the Peugeot hypercar? Maybe. Can you imagine seeing the Peugeot? They, they wouldn't all come over here, though, would they? I, I mean, probably I don't know. Not. It probably not. It would probably be select to, ones. The Audis used to come over when it was what? The American Le Mans series. Right. Uh, I could be. So, I mean, this was back when I was first getting into yeah, it. But I mean, that's the landscape what I has changed and it will, it'll continue to change. I yeah. mean, it's just not going to be the same. I mean, it's, it's there's not going to be every team that's willing to pay the money and come across. Yeah, that's true. You know, travel, bring all the equipment over. Because you have to. I mean, look at the Indy Eight Hours. That was a really diverse lineup at the Indy Eight Hours. Uh, but obviously, they're shipping the cars over on container ships for the most part. Uh, Which I mean, that's that, that's with post-pandemic times. But that's got its own yeah. set of issues anyway. There goes Getting Alexis, a, they can't even Sullivan. get a Fanatec wheel right. delivered overseas. Yeah. So good luck. Here are two Vassar Sullivan Lexuses, the Lexi as we call them in the plural. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood is in one of them. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> They're showing the little wheel spin time action with a little there. wheel burn there. That's the Kyle Kirkwood Jack Hawksworth. Get a Rob, you got a little whiff of that uh, racing fuel exhaust? Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's like palpitating in my nose. Rob is tingling <laughs> just a bit. The sun is out, but he's tingling yeah. just a bit. Um, try to... Um, that smell, the rubber? That distracted yeah. me. Yeah, uh, properly burn so. Rubber smell. I was making a very hot take point, and that that did distract me. We got there goes the Team Hardpoint Porsche. 
So a lot of cars are making their way you out just, here. That's the thing about We're being in a live open full paddock is just in, you try to record and uh, you get bombarded with sounds in from cars at full speed. And Meyer Shank, we're kind of jacked up about that yeah, one. We, we, like, we, like we like the lineup. We like the lineup for the Meyer Shank team here. Elio and uh, and everybody on that team. That's pretty exciting. I'm gonna try to get a selfie with Elio Castroneves. Yeah, if we can. If Elio will do a selfie, I'm gonna try to do it. Yeah. We're you gonna ask. We're, but no, you, you don't, don't ask. ask. You, don't you assume the position to get an impromptu selfie. Yeah, you assume you the selfie position. The key there is to you make it as easy as possible. For yes, it you make it easy. You don't not be prepared when he runs. Yes, you make it effortless to do this. So, so we're gonna try this if he comes this way. We're gonna give it a try. Riley can commentate. Here comes Jimmy as well. He's getting pictures of people. Yep. We're gonna try to get Jimmy then. We're just gonna we're gonna be opportunists. We got uh, Elio here. Let me try to get in here a little bit. Elio's coming through. Jimmy's coming through. We're gonna try what we can. These guys are busy. We're gonna try to get it. We'll try to get one here if he, if he's got time. Good luck today, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks so much. So we got. We'll try to get one with Elio here. We'll try to get one with Elio here. We got one with Jimmy. Yeah. So we're going to give it a shot. Maybe we got Jimmy on the podcast. I don't know. We got a Can little bit. Can we technically say that? Yeah, a little bit, technically. Bradley's going to commentate. Thanks so much. We were at the Indy 500. That was a beautiful race. Thank you so yes, sir. Much. Keep it going. So we, we got we, goal accomplished. Goal accomplished. Elio Castroneves and uh, Jimmy Johnson. There you go. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're pulling for Meyer Shank today. That's right. That's my pick you're, to win. You're, you're picked to win. That's so. right. That is right. We're making way for, for Elio Castroneves, the legendary Elio Castroneves. We want to let everybody right have their time. That's right. So Scott Dixon. Yep. Cody's got Scott Dixon here. We've met, said hello to Scott. So who's who here? The DPI class is stacked. This is a, a prime example of how stacked this DPI class is. It's absolutely stacked here. Simon Paginot behind us. We're going to try to say hi to uh, to Simon here if we get a chance in yeah. here. It's a, it's a busy Ty Tyler's here. on a roll today. I'm on He's a roll. On fire. I'm on a roll. Half of it is is you you make it possible for it to happen. You apply. It's kind of pressure. You know? you, well, no. It's like, you, oh, you do you it or don't it, do it. You make it easy. You don't make it difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just look at somebody with a with a gritted teeth yeah, and be like, me, take a selfie with me. me. Take me. a selfie. You can't do that. You have to be you have to be friendly. Yeah. Oh, you have to smile at people. We'll see who else is passing through here. The Mazda crew is passing through here. Of course, the great Simon Pagenaud from IndyCar is just ahead of us here. Thanks so much, Simon. So Simon got a selfie with Simon Pagenaud. So uh, we're uh, yeah we're we're going for the 48 car here. I think we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to change to Rob's pick yeah. here. Now we have to find uh, Rob and explain to yeah, him what he Scott missed. Scott Dixon. Yeah, you gotta come. You gotta be here. You have to be here. Uh, so that's it. That, I believe that's gonna conclude yeah, the driver introductions here. Setups. Whether you love them or hate them, they're one of the most important elements in sim racing. However, so many of us don't have the time to painstakingly tweak every value to create a good setup. 
Never mind the hours of work required to find game-breaking exploits to make you even quicker. The Coach Dave Academy has created competitive iRacing setups developed by professional sim racers and engineers that are designed to enhance your performance in the most popular sim racing game in the world. Receive new setups for iRacing season car and track combinations every week, giving you the time and pace to be able to focus on racing on the track rather than being sat in the pit lane. All the setups follow real driver feedback and come with MoTeC data and replay files, helping you improve not just your car setups, but also your driving technique. The best part? When you sign up, the first week is free, which means you can test the setups for yourself before committing to a, a monthly membership. Check them out at CoachDaveAcademy.com forward slash iRacing. That's CoachDaveAcademy.com forward slash iRacing. This episode of Into the Apex is also brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR Solutions. Great Hire HR is a proud sponsor of Into the Apex and of the Madsen Racing Endurance team. Great Hire HR, whether you're hiring one or 100 employees, will streamline that and give you all the HR solutions and recruitment solutions that you need. Check them out at greathirehr.com. That's greathirehr.com. All right, we have uh, moved from trackside and we're in the into the Apex main studio and uh, after the event. So you heard there a little bit of our trackside action. And of course, once the race gets underway, it's, it's a little bit crazy uh, to try to do sit down and do a show. It's, it's a little hectic, not too smooth, and there's a lot going on. So we gather in the ITA studio to do a debrief. And uh, of note, Rob Gugwar is here, uh, of course. He has returned to Canada, but we have some pretty uh, interesting stories uh, for his return. It wasn't as smooth as it could be, and uh, I feel like we kind of did some terrible predictions in the little pre-show that we did about his journeys. Uh, Bradley's here. Patrick Stein joins us. Although Patrick wasn't with us, we wish he was. Uh, Patrick's here just for good measure. Uh, and Patrick <laughs> always is. Uh, <laughs> he's a staple. He's we, a staple. You know, we, we had a dummy of Patrick set up to follow. Right. We had, a, we, we had an inflated Patrick with us, a petite Lamar, but uh, the real guy is here now. Uh, uh, I don't want so, to happen there. Uh, <laughs> uh so, Rob, I, I really want to. Uh, we kind of lost you there at the driver intros, and that's where we trail. We end the trackside bits. Uh, we got to run into Elio Castroneves, get a handshake from him. Uh, got a photo. The photos are on the Instagram for Into the Apex, and uh, you notice in the photo, so he gives a thumbs up and and something else, a wave or a point and a thumbs up. And I didn't notice until afterwards in the photo that he had his Indy 500 winning uh, ring on which is just uh, uh, something else uh, that he was really, really the kindest guy. Jimmy Johnson has always been the kindest guy. Uh, Simon Paginal was a man of, of no words, but he was kind to uh, give us a minute. But uh, J- Jimmy Johnson, I've seen him now at, at uh, Watkins Glen and at Petite and the man always as big as he is being well-known um, always takes some time. I've noticed that. So I want to give him some, uh, some props for that because he certainly could just keep moving and not lose anything. But uh, I, I have great respect for that and great respect for Elio uh, and uh, and his enthusiasm for people uh, interacting with him. 
So Rob, that brings us to you because I want to first we'll we'll table for a moment your uh, traveling experiences and COVID experiences and and so on. Uh, I want to just get your raw reaction here in a in a quiet studio uh, after s- uh, a day or two uh, to, to debrief and get your thoughts on Petit Lamar because uh, again to set the stage this was uh, something you have not experienced ever before and uh, I'm assuming something that but for your uh, interest and time over the past year and a half in i racing and sim racing probably not a trip you would have made am I making a stretch to uh, say that nope you're 100 right it never would have even just been in my mind like i was always like full formula one but i racing is what got me into endurance racing in general so i wouldn't have even really known that world existed for the most part so what uh we, we had your trackside reactions in the moment and uh i excuse me to those easily offended i don't want to be crude or lowbrow but uh, Rob, uh, being with Rob, which was a pleasure, by the way, uh, being with Rob at Petit Le Mans, Rob was, was flying at half staff, if you know what I mean, much of the 10 hours, uh, as well as the pre-race. Uh, again, am I making a stretch there, Rob? Well, by saying half, yeah, because it really was full. Okay, so we the flags the flags were raised high. I had to carry my kit bag on the front. Yes. If you don't know what we're talking about, you're probably the better for it to be frank did you stop uh, at the gas station on the way to the track we uh to get no. an enhancer oh jesus <laughs> that's why that's why patrick is here <laughs> i when wasn't we, there so i'm i'm just you know when, when we get to too high of a level we have to bring it down a bit someone's got to lower it i mean <laughs> come on uh so so i mean we start the day uh as we as we discussed trackside uh, we immediately get to go to the paddock. We make a beeline towards the paddock, uh, Bradley and Rob. And uh, Bradley's always an eager guy to see the, the Aura, Team Aura LL BMWs. Bradley is obsessed with Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, uh, loves the BMW mates, was thrilled to see them one last time. Uh, but to all of our surprises, uh, the BMW M4 is sitting running in front of the M8s. The M8s are tucked away in the garage. And the M4 is out and about. Uh, we got to peek inside and look at the Fanatec wheel. Uh, we got to listen to him rev the engine and then take off for the photo op that we described at the top of the show. Um, Bradley and Rob, I want to get reactions and some discussion about about the car because, Rob, I know you said at the time, uh, trackside there, that those of us talking junk about the grill, namely myself, uh, will we'll necessarily change our tunes after seeing this thing up close. It's absolutely true. I yeah. changed my tune completely. Yeah, tune has changed. I, I like the look of that car. If it's it's one of my favorite GT3 cars by appearance in real life anyway. There's others I prefer in the sim for whatever reason that is. Um, but in real life, that car just, it's sharp. The, uh, the hood designs of the new BMW in general um, have warmed up to it. It looks sharp. And just like with any other car design, now, when I go back to look at the older BMW designs, especially that M6 that's been retired, um, it looks old. Like you, you just can tell that it looks old. It feels old, and I, I like that design. I'm, I can't wait to see it on the track next year for M's events. Yeah, and of interest, uh, you know, the M6 is that that's the car that uh, yeah, that's Turner, the outgoing one. Yes, right. So I know Will Turner and the Turner crew are going to have some uh, some you know, sentimentality towards that one. 
I read an article. I can't quite remember exactly what he said, but uh, they'll be selling those cars. Uh, I do recall him uh, in an article quote, you know, discussing that they will sell the cars, you know, try to recoup funds for the team. Um, but they'll have to switch to that, you know, as a customer team, I, I, if I'm getting that right. Cause I know Ray Hall Letterman are going to be kind of the spearhead of, uh, what they have in GTD Pro, uh, but their focus is going to be also on the LMDH BMW effort, and that's pretty much out there in the media at this point. Um, interestingly, uh, RLL will have the uh, that BMW in competition this weekend at the Sebring 24 Hours. Uh, Bill Oberlin, Robbie Foley driving the car, among others. Uh, so no rest for those two guys. Uh, 24 hours at Sebring in that car. That's that's pretty interesting. Uh, they're they're putting it uh putting it out there getting it you know proven and uh we got to see for the first time rob uh, i don't want to excite you again but we got to see for the first time for us and for many people that car going around the track albeit not at flying lap speed but for the photo op to see it moving with the other bmws uh kind of a tease of what's to come for daytona yeah, we got to see that on the track for the first time for a lot, well, a lot for a lot of people anyway, and we got to see the last laps for the BMW M8. So, yeah, with the old and with the new, a lot of appreciation for that M4. That's that's really my takeaway here. Is down there with it, uh, a lot of takeaway. What are we listening to, Bradley? Are we listening to a video? I, I was going to ask who's weed eating, but then I realized that was the. Beginning. That is kind of what it sounds like, isn't it? it well, it's uh, when it's coming over my headphones here in the studio. It sounds like it sounds like a weed eater. <laughs> we were in all though. I'm telling you what, we we stopped. So uh, the BMW, I do have, I do want to race it more in the sim. And you're right, Bradley. The in the sim, it's almost a bit quiet. Uh, I don't have a problem with the way it drives in iRacing, but. The, it's a very interesting thing that iRacing had it a year ago almost at this point, and we're just now seeing it in person for the first time ourselves. Uh, that steering wheel was was a big thing when it came out, and we got to take a look in the through the window, but we were able to get fairly close and get a close look at that wheel. And uh, they're they're both absolutely beautiful. The uh, matte blue, uh, red, and white. Uh, livery on the RLL BMW M4, uh, a, a big takeaway. It was a real big highlight of of the weekend, among many highlights. Uh, so then, then you have the the day night transition. Much of the race under the lights. Uh, that was something for me that I had. I haven't been to a twenty four hour race or a race that finished under the lights uh, or in the darkness. So for me, that was really special. Even though it it was very very cold, and uh, my forty pack of hot hands that I ordered. Uh, I think I had one tucked away everywhere, and uh, eventually I unloaded all of the hot hands and had basically a bunch of hot coals uh, of worth of hot hands, just a pile uh, that were tucked in my shoes and, and everywhere else. So we were all struggling a bit in the darkness. Uh, a lot of people had some some good setups. Rob, I think you uh, were taking notes throughout the entire 10 hours of how other people had setups or were camping. I think Rob, your takeaway was uh, let's camp out next year. Is that? Oh, you gotta just looking how much comfortable everyone else was. But what if it's? But but we're seeing people in RVs and things like that. And you're you're talking camping in a tent because I'm not buying an RV. No, yeah, I can't camp in a tent. 
But would you? You call still have a site camping? where you can have a fire and your own seats oh, yeah. and but like your own little you, home base. Would you call camping in a tent "quote unquote" comfortable? Yeah, if you have like an air mattress, as long as you're not in the cold ground. But well, we'll be in October next year, so that we do have that going for us. Yeah, we'll be fine. Interesting. So how? So many of us may camp next year. Uh, it's a possibility. I don't know. Bradley and I may be prissy and get a hotel room and and stop by the campground where Rob is. I mean, if we can get the type of command centers we saw, I mean, I've never seen such things. Well, we're not though. That's, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, are you going to exactly. Bradley? Are you are you going to be uh, taken out alone to buy a <laughs> buy a camper with a TV? No, I'll on the outside. Buy, I'll just and, buy the hatchback. Yeah, put well, the sleeping you go, bag yeah. in the back of the hatchback. I would sleep in a car. Something about a tent. I feel like I'm going to be laying on the gr- on the hard ground. <laughs> yeah, like you're in the boys. I don't cats. know. Right, yeah. Well, that's the only. I literally haven't camped in a tent. Since I was in the Boy Scouts in the third grade, Rob, just for your notes, it's been it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. But uh, yeah, it does put you right there. That's an interesting factor. I mean, you have that convenience uh, level. The heating, well, just not having to leave the track, you could have yeah. a barbecue and everything. Like you would save that money, and you would just be there for the whole week, and you could see all the support races. Yeah, get a I golf do. cart so you can drive around. Golf cart was the other takeaway for you. For sure. Those are way too many hills. <laughs> the the hills at Road Atlanta, for those that have not been there, uh, the hills at Road Atlanta are legitimate. Uh, get ready. Your hamstrings will, if you're not flexible or in, in decent shape, your hamstrings will feel like they're about to snap uh, going up these hills. So that was quite a slog because uh, we went up and down, up and down. We want, you know, you want, when you're at a race like this and you're moving around, you want to check a little bit of everything. When you're when you're me and Bradley, you want to go through the uh, hospitality section at least three times. One clear-eyed and and uh, focused. The second, you pour a drink or two and uh, feel a bit carefree. Or and you want to walk your money through, on McLaren yeah, clothing, right? When you, you already have Aston Martin clothing, correct? Do you want to walk through again? Not that me and, and Robert see, witnessed that. No, not at all. I mean. Well, there's a stand. There was a trailer of uh, motorsport merchandise that was at Mid Ohio IndyCar, um, and then they were they were here at Petite, and they had uh, authentic Formula One uh, pit shirts or polyester shirts. Which uh, for me, polyester shirts are the way to go. Uh, so I couldn't pass it up because you don't. I, I don't know why. I picture if I order it online, it's going to come. It's going to take two months to arrive from overseas and, and be some kind of ridiculous process when I see it and can walk away with it in hand. Uh, and it's formula one authentic gear. The key is authentic gear. Uh, I, I couldn't pass that up. So I did not pass that up. And uh, the point is you, you get a little fluffy as Bradley and I say a little carefree and uh, pass through again and something you eyeballed initially. And you were like, I don't think I'm going to get that. Then you pull the trigger and, and you worry about that later. Am I right, Bradley? Am I right, Rob? That's that's what you do. Yeah, that's future use problem. Now, now, Rob did stop me because I think without Rob, I was going, I would have come very close, very close to pulling the trigger on a three hundred and twenty dollar Porsche jacket. Whoa! And me and Rob were admiring them, and and now the jacket was three hundred some dollars, Rob, uh, but the the vest. What was the vest? It was like 120 or something. The vest was actually more than I thought. I thought it was like $200 for sleeves, but it was a little more. It was like 100 and 
55 or 75 or something like that. It was still expensive as shit. Yeah. Yeah. The, B- Rob the BMW the ma- stuff was more reasonable. And it by reasonable, range, I mean like $105. Yeah. But it's what Michael Fassbender and crew wear. And the Fassbender, I mean, that's legit Porsche jacket gear, the white and black. Uh, you go bo- boss, you go boss. You feel like a boss if you were a boss, you go boss. But yeah, Rob did the math and he determined that apparently Porsche sleeves cost hundreds of dollars. Because if you really want to save a little, if you want to, if you want to go light on your Porsche gear, just go sleeveless, and uh, and you're and you're going to save at least a hundred and some dollars, if not two hundred dollars. Uh, but uh, I certainly would have had a moment of weakness, and I would have uh, probably g- gone a little weird, and I would have just walked away with the jacket, and not really known what happened. That tends to be how she goes. So Rob, I I appreciate you being there. Uh, because I, I I recall we looked at it and we we're like, uh, nope, nope, very nice, but no. Uh, and then we were sitting, uh, splitting a little bit of Irish whiskey, enjoying, trying to warm ourselves up, honestly. And I think I just was feeling feeling good about where we were. Rob was there. Times were good. And uh, I looked at Rob and I said, uh, Rob, I can't get that jacket off my mind. Mind, I might might get it. And Rob said, No, you're not. And uh, I was right back in the world. She just went and got the Emza jacket like I did. Yeah, Rob got a, a soft shell Emza that was a little bit better. You, you needed some kind of jacket. It was freezing cold. Really uh, cold. Yeah, once the sun set. But uh, see, I'm I'm banking and waiting for the uh, into the apex jacket. Yeah, that's on the way. So, but anyway, enough about clothes. That's but that's that's the experience. I'm I'm just letting you inside what it's like to be in our. Our convoy. The whole thing was the most American thing I've ever experienced. Now, tell elaborate. Me you need yeah, to elaborate, elaborate on that. Yeah. The noise of the cars. Well, that's the racist. Alcohol, the planes flying in formation overhead, that's, people that's parachuting in. Whatever those fucking cannons were that they fired off at the first of the race. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many that, things. Though. I was like, this what is just it? American. The I see guys driving. The end. Yeah, people with their Trump flags and their Let's Go Brandon shirts. Well, that's <laughs> now, now, now you're getting to the American. Drinking, drinking, I, I a, uh, drinking Trulies and White Claws. <laughs> White Claws. Now, more like Pabst. The Let's Go Brandon <laughs> stuff. Hipsters, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even. Yeah, I don't. I don't even want to get there. Into I don't even want to get into the politics of it. There were flags like that, but not as much as probably Talladega, uh, <laughs> because that that came from Talladega, obviously. Yeah. So. But the rest of it, I mean, hey, it was like Lamar. It was li- literally they played the French national anthem, which I I really love. Uh, the plane over the plane and the smoke overhead was a homage to Lamar. Uh, so uh, I I really did love that those aspects aspects of it. Um, but yeah, I, Rob, I think you making that comment, Rob. I think you need to come down and go to a NASCAR race, and then we'll discuss. How about that? Oh, I'd love to. Come on down. Oh, it will. It'll happen. So you've raced a little bit of oval. If you could pick an oval that you would go to, what would it be? Would it be Talladega, Daytona? Would it be? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be one of the big super speedways. Okay. Like, uh, that's I'm, I'd be there for spectacle, right? Right. I, I agree. I, that's something Bradley and I have never seen. I can only imagine. It'll, it'll be on the calendar. It, we'll get you down here. Um, but over all in all, seeing the DPIs, seeing the GT Lamas, I mean... Uh, it's it's excellent to watch. I got to to see it for the first time myself at Watkins Glen for the six, and then uh, Bradley and and Rob, you guys got to see see it at Petite and uh, Road Atlanta as a course. We commented on the elevation changes trackside as you heard at the top of the show, and uh, 
you certainly have a new appreciation for the track as you see it. Oh, uh, new, newfound. It just makes me think about what's, how much am I being shorted in the sim experience wise with other tracks? Because like yeah. that, that one just like you just, the sim doesn't do it justice. How high those yeah. hills are. Yeah. The the hill turn 12, the hill coming down. It's just See, you know. that one to me is probably the most accurate. I find going under that little bridge. I think it was going up at the end of the S's that was so you're right. Yes, yeah. you are right. When you go down the S's, uh, you make that final left hand and go down the straight. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like you're really going it, that it much up. It doesn't. But, uh, but at the track, so we watched the green flag uh, in the middle of the S's to the right. Uh, that's where we posted up to watch the beginning of the race. And uh, go, it is absolutely, you go down the S's, but then you go straight back up pretty steeply and make that left hand turn. Now, in, in iRacing, uh, sim racers out there will know that. That's a that's a turn where you're trying to get the S's right. Uh, you're trying to enter the S's to where you can go flat out, depending on the type of car you're in. Uh, and then you try to slow down enough at the end of the S. There S is there at the bottom uh, to make that left hander and go over the curbing without going into the sand. Or in some cars, it's very easy to spin out there. You see so many. You come up blindly on so many cars sideways uh, or car left, car right, slowed. Uh, because people lose it in the sim around there. Uh, well, in seeing it in real life, that is such a climb to get back there. Uh, I did not realize that really there's a, a kind of a bit of a valley there because it doesn't level out. Uh, you go down and then you go back up. You're exactly right, Rob. So that's that's what really kind of changed the whole thought about it. <laughs> Being like, wow. Yeah, I was like, what, what track? Where are we here? This is not what I'm used to. Again. And literally, when we first got there, it took me probably three laps into the race to truly recognize where we were. Yeah. I, I, I say it all the time. I say it after Watkins Glen and, and, and so on. Uh, you're, you get there and you're like, uh, you walk like, I, I, I know what I'm doing. I, I do this in I racing all the time. I know this track. Well, you, yes, you do know the layout, but you see parts of it and you're like, Whoa, this is not what I thought I like, knew in my brain. No line. I wasn't going to say it out loud because I knew it wasn't the case, but it looked like they were driving the course backwards to me. <laughs> and that they were going up the S's. And yeah. I was like, what the, what the what's going on here? It doesn't look right. I don't know where I am on the track. And yeah. then it just eventually had to just realize. <laughs> uh, so then, Rob, finally, uh, we finish the event. We do a little more karting uh, on Sunday morning. We get breakfast that, that we all paid for. Well, no, we didn't. Our, one of our great spots. Yeah, he paid for it. breakfast. Thanks a lot, Power Headset. Um so <laughs> nobody won their bet. What I'm trying to say is if you listen to the pre-show, none of our picks uh, won. Um, so nobody bought each other's breakfast here in the studio. Um, we got Rob some biscuits and gravy. Uh, to rewind, we pick up Rob at Raleigh-Durham Airport. We take Rob for dinner at an Eastern North Carolina barbecue place with vinegar. Uh, Rob w- was felt good about that, if I recall correctly. Felt he, fucking great about it. <laughs> Rob enjoyed his vinegar-based uh, barbecue in Eastern North Carolina. Got some baked beans and potato salad as uh, prescribed. It's uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I recall, I, I do recall Rob's reaction listening to the clerk talk in the, that uh, great North Carolina accent uh, where he couldn't quite understand and was fascinated. But I feel the same way listening to Rob talk. He's he's out there too. He talks different. Exotic. Yeah. Exotic. I told strange, you, Rob, Stranger in a strange land is what I said. Yeah, I told you you're exotic. You are exotic. You were very exotic where you were this this past weekend. Sick. 
so we get him some barbecue. Good to go. Uh, we take him on down past Charlotte, North Carolina. Take him th- into South Carolina for the first time, into Georgia for the first time. Uh, and then uh, we go to the race. We, we wake up on Sunday morning. We go to First Watch for breakfast, uh, which is a lovely place that's all around the, U- the U.S. And uh, Bradley has Rob get, uh, or well, no, Cody had biscuits and gravy and gets Rob to taste biscuits and gravy for the first time. And uh, yet another great Southern staple for you to try. And I believe it's something that you uh, took to pretty quickly. Oh, so good. I made it here last night. <sighs> but did you really make it there? Like, was it? Just, well, this might be first go at it. It can obviously be improved, but like I got the basics. Did you uh, have it yourself or did the missus have? Uh, no, just things? me. Did she ask you why? Why are you making this bastard food? No. So you she so understood that you had been treated to something. Oh, it? it's just it's wholesome. It just feels good. While in Atlanta, Georgia, no less. Uh, but then uh, we had a lovely breakfast, and I say lovely because it was lovely, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Patrick, <laughs> it was lovely. Company, missed, right? what, what did you have for breakfast uh, last Sunday, Patrick? What did I have for breakfast yeah. last uh, Sunday? Do we want to ask that question? Uh, I think I had Frosted Flakes. Okay, well, that's uh, mildly uninteresting. but uh, And a banana. Oh, oh okay, well, now we're talking. That, does, that's, does that throw a little wrench? It does. Well, that that's that's me. fiber, bud. That thrills me, Patrick. Yeah. Reminds yeah, me. Of those I gotta so- be regular. Reminds me of those salty those uh, eggs made with sea oh, salt the, uh, water at uh, the hotel in Atlanta, Rob. Good God! My ankles were swollen yeah. for <laughs> several hours after eating those salty eggs. Uh, but anyhow, just flake eggs. Nevertheless, uh, Rob, we had a lovely breakfast. Uh, a lovely quick drive through downtown Atlanta for you. Uh, feeling good. Semi embraced at the uh, Atlanta Hartsfield airport as Bradley was about to wreck the car looking at planes uh, <laughs> because Bradley giant planes were landing and the big Delta warehouses were there. And I, I had to remind Bradley many times, look at the road, Bradley, not the sky. I mean, it's an amazingly large airport and there wasn't actually a lot of traffic on a Sunday. Bradley, afternoon. Bradley's the flight center. In the, guy, in the so planes, was, I mean, larger planes than I've ever seen. Yeah. Just landing, taking off right there. How do you not speaking look? Of, speaking of half staff, Bradley was half staff there uh, at the airport. He and, and Bradley uh, should have swapped spots that day then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he could have <laughs> fucking hung out at the airport for ungodly amounts of time. <laughs> and that takes us right Plane spotting. The, that takes us briefly. Now, Rob, I understand you've reflected on this since you've returned home uh, and uh, still don't regret the trip which i am glad to hear uh but uh tell us a bit about uh again not to be too lowbrow but tell us about the shit show that occurred for you rob once we once we dropped you off and left you at atlanta hartsfield airport i guess i can try to be succinct it's more or less i had a bit of hubris on my end in that i was a little overconfident that the test i was going to be taking that morning to be able to go back into Canada was good because it was a health of Canada. Yeah. You got, you got to test both ways. Mm. So going into the country and coming out. So, uh, I just thought it was good and it's a health Canada approved test, but the guys at the desk wouldn't take that. And I kind of get why now, because there is certain identifiers for me that like it's the test itself is unique and you can verify whether it's been used, but you can't really verify who it's, who it's been used on. Even if I videotape myself doing it, which I did just to be safe. Oh boy! Um, but anyway, yeah, 
they uh, the guys weren't from Air Canada, so there's always a chance that they didn't really know what I was talking about either. They wanted me to have a PCR test to get on the plane, and they just wouldn't let me get on. So I got stuck there for an extra day and had to buy an extra flight and get an expensive hotel and an expensive PCR test the next morning <laughs> at a company that I invested in and lost money, so that kind of stung too. Oof. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I thought you were going to stay. So, so we drop you off pretty early, like a little after lunchtime. We drop you off on Sunday after the race, and uh, so you have many hours before you even were going to were supposed to board your flight at about five or six Eastern. Uh, but those were all accounted and planned for. I was perfectly happy with those right. hours, right? So, like I was just going to grab a beer, have some food, and do some plane spotting, maybe play something on my phone. So that's what you did over that time, essentially. Yeah, pretty much as planned. So you were you were sober as you tried to get on the plane. Oh, I, I had to be like a couple hours before. Okay, but. so so nothing hard in the pandemic. No, no, no. Um, which uh, I say that because Bradley and I, being nervous flyers, would have to pretty much get, as we say, fluffy uh, to get on the plane and not have a panic attack. So, and Patrick, we'll we'll talk about you in a future episode. Patrick's going to be terrified uh, for Daytona. That's a tease. That's a tease. Patrick, say nothing more. We'll we'll address that later in another episode. But. Uh, so then you get the news and I'm assuming you didn't get arrested. So you didn't put up much of a scene. No, there's nothing to arrest me for. It's just, I, I mean, could have caused a scene, but it wouldn't have gotten me anywhere. <laughs> I want to get on this damn plane. Get Let me on this plane. Uh, I was frustrated. I was t- uh, texting Rob. Can't somebody just be human? Acknowledge that they, obviously you have attested. You're clean. You're vaccinated, et cetera. Let the man on the goddamn plane. But they yeah. just didn't do it. I mean, what is, and yeah, what's the blocker? But in a couple of days, they're dropping all that stuff that screwed me over. So of course, of course, they're just when it's too late. Uh, and did you get your so, money back? No, there's nothing I can that's, do. That's insane. So, so you stayed an extra night in Atlanta, essentially another extra day, night and day in Atlanta. Did you do anything fun Atlanta wise? Like I stayed in my hotel until the last possible moment. <laughs> uh, did you do any? How'd you? Did you leave the hotel? Did you walk anywhere? I went to a gas station. Which how was terrifying? How was that? What was that like? Well, it's just a lot of strange people I don't know hanging around in a parking lot, and I probably stand out like a sore thumb because I clearly don't know where I am. I'm like looking around everywhere, like everything clearly looks new to me. Well, I mean, it's not like you're wearing a maple leaf jumpsuit, Rob. I mean, you... still though, I I clearly didn't know where I was. And uh, well, uh, how did you clearly not know? How did you look like you... again? Like if you're in a big city, say the first thing I was told when I went to a big city, don't stare up at the skyscrapers. Because everyone that lives in the city has seen it before. And if you're busy looking up in the sky, someone's going to pick your pocket because they know that you're not from here. You're like the guy in Jaws, a tiger shark, a what? So that's That's you. Yeah, that's that's more or less what it was. Me trying to have my head on the swivel instead of just staring at my feet. But you didn't, you didn't get killed at the gas station. No, no. I got back and again, just hung out in the hotel till it was all over. So nothing bad happened to you. No, not that I'm willing to say. Okay. Not not that you've not blacked out. <laughs> Do you regret the trip? Oh, not at all. Um, you, I've are, learned some lessons, so. Yeah. Are you going to do Petit Lama again next year? Oh, for sure. So this is going to happen again next year for Into the Apex. Oh, yeah. So it's probably going to be a yearly fixture. Mark your calendars, folks. Mark your calendars. Into the Apex will be back at Petit Lama in 2022. Uh, so 
Glad you could make it, Patrick. I wish you could could have made it, but I understand we were just at Indianapolis, and uh, you'll be flying to uh, flying to Daytona, flying to Daytona. Hope that plane doesn't crash, Patrick. You know, planes crash every now and then. You never can control it, and you never know when it's going to happen. Hope that goes well for you, Patrick. We'll get you at the airport when you get there, if you make it there. If you make it there. <laughs> Patrick? I think Patrick's Patrick. jumped off his building. Uh, oh, Patrick? I'm going to take a whole bottle of Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, Patrick, folks, that's... Patrick was... Uh was uh kind of debating whether to take rail as well what, what why did you choose to do well you know planes derail every now and then patrick that's true you mean trains trains <laughs> <laughs> and you know you know what patrick cars can you know every every once in a while something unfortunate happens to a car these days right it, so, it, I mean, it all came down to the dollars whatever I mode mean, of transportation you choose it's got its risks that's what we're trying yeah to I, I i feel like uh you need you're just knocking on the door to agoraphobia yeah, I mean, you can hitchhike, but you know, bad, you know, you could take well, a little I, walk I, towards I, there. I hear VR headsets are just about as good as going to real races. That if if you have a VR headset, you practically don't need to leave your house or go to a real motorsport event. That's what I hear, at least, from all these VR folks. So maybe maybe consider that uh, and uh, only interact with humans on VR. I think Bradley's a couple steps towards that uh, in his life. Nothing from Bradley. Okay. <laughs> Bradley uh, comment. Yeah, Bradley. Bradley's not in this reality yeah. anymore. I've uh, Bradley has departed this reality. Bradley has left the room. Yes. He's flown out of the window. Because <laughs> Dave's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh, discussing uh Patrick flying or taking the train, Rob. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna I told him his plane is gonna derail. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll 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 cover that as we get closer to Daytona. That's what we'll do. Yeah, let's save that for another time. <laughs> we'll we'll stress you out. Don't don't you worry. Don't worry. I'm stressing myself out enough about it already. Bradley Bradley loves aviation and and uh, hey, loves, me too, man. Well, Bradley likes to look up videos of things that don't go quite right, and I believe Bradley's going to just keep sending Patrick some interesting close call videos. I, don't I think worry, Patrick, I'll provide you with all the latest FAA stats. You'll feel very oh, well. Jesus. I made I checked <laughs> what kind of plane I was flying in on. I was so nervous. Oh boy, I was like, You're I'm flying not flying under FAA those, regulations. There's nothing. The to seven thirty-seven or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> uh, Rob, well, I'm flying on or. Patrick's flying on a on a shadow airliner. <laughs> well, he's got multiple man. props. I mean, I mean, we picked up Rob. We we drove down at RDU to the Air Canada uh, arrival terminal, and uh, I I just uh, we kept looking. We were tracking Rob's plane on, on FlightAware, driving through the Beltline of Raleigh, and uh, I we were saying, well, let's uh, let's see if if an Air Canada plane is low in the sky because we were of course we were heading towards the airport. Uh, we were like, let's look for that Air Canada plane. I mean, I assumed that Air Canada, that Rob was flying in on a Canada goose, just just raw flying in on a Canada goose. Uh, but I didn't spot one. I didn't spot Rob uh, riding one in. So I assume Air Canada, they have actual planes. I told Rob, I told Rob that, and he didn't seem too amused at the time. No, it's just low hanging fruit. I, I expect more. <laughs> you you expect uh, a little something a little more difficult. Yeah, a little more refined from you. I, I just I like I don't like to stand up. I like to just reach and grab what I can reach. 
if it's not if it, if I have to stretch my legs, it's uh it's too highbrow for me. So uh but Petit Le Mans in the books, 2021 road schedules in the books. The 2022 schedule is pretty much uh roughly planned and it includes some new destinations. Uh hell, I'll go ahead and throw them out there. Nashville, Tennessee for IndyCar Grand Prix weekend, Barber Motorsports Park for IndyCar. Um Montreal for F1. Montreal for F1, perhaps. Um yeah. And uh, Austin for F1, perhaps. Yeah. So uh in the studio for the rest of the year for the holidays. We'll continue to have some holiday episodes. Kevin Bohm from CrowdStrike Racing and TC America. Uh, DXTT Racing will be joining us as a guest on the next episode. Uh, quite excited for that. Uh, so make sure you check that out, and we'll talk about uh, cheering him on uh, at the uh, to his TC victory in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Road Course in October. Uh, all that and more coming up uh, on the winter episodes uh, of End of the Apex. So for Rob Gregoire, Patrick Stein, Bradley, this is Tyler. This has been End of the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.